With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome everybody to the Bear Den. My name is Matt Workman. And the reason you're only hearing my voice is because we lost the second half of this episode. So we had a great conversation, um, wrapped up our conversation about our SEC bold takes, and went ahead and started talking about some Star Wars content. However, due to some technical difficulties, that part of the conversation was lost into the ether and will never be heard from again. However, You will get the first part of the conversation where me and Joe talk about Baylor Spring Sports Wraparound. We do a lot of good conversation about different things going on in the world of sports. And you will definitely get to hear that conversation. And then on next week's podcast, what we'll do is we'll kind of redo our Star Wars conversation and move forward with what we are doing. Basically... What we're going to do is rewatch the prequel series for Star Wars. So we were going to recap and review episode one, The Phantom Menace, on this episode. That is not going to be able to be heard. So then you are going to hear on next week's episode our thoughts on The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones as we gear up for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on May 27th. Anyway, thank you for listening. Um, enjoy the rest of the this podcast, and as always, you can find me at Matt underscore Workman on Twitter, and you can find Joe at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Please stop on by and say hello, and as always, sick and bears. Hello, and welcome to the Bear Den. I'm Matt Workman. And as always, I am joined by my friend Joe Goodman. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's Friday. The weekend is here. Um, so really, really cannot complain. How are you doing, Matt? Dude, same. You know, it is Friday. Got off work this evening and just looking forward to a, a long weekend, hopefully, of nothing. Just nothing. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know. Watching TV, maybe laying on the couch and not doing a whole lot of anything else. Do your kids like come in and bother you on lazy weekends, or are they good about like finding their own stuff no. to do? No, 
My kids bother me. They're like, hey, can we have something? Can we go do something? Can we go eat? Can we can we have canes? Can we it's always like I've found that the the word I've probably said more than any the thirteen years I've been a father is probably probably no. Because <laughs> they'll come up with off the, I'll be at I can go to the store. I'll see now my kids both have cell phones now, so they, they also text me things. It's not just they're like coming in talking to me. I'm getting FaceTime calls from another room in my own house. <laughs> so, or I'll be at the store. My youngest daughter's like, hey, give me some hot fries. And then I'll have to text. No. <laughs> no. Why can't you give her the hot fries? You're already at the store. Well, I mean, she doesn't need them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's plain and simple. Sometimes I will, but like when it's 9 a.m. in the morning. <clears throat> You don't need hot fries. <laughs> that's that's fair. Okay. Hot fries not not an elite breakfast choice. No, no, not at all. So, Joe, I thought we really don't spend a lot of time or any time on like spring sports, but we haven't. So, I thought it'd be we just kind of check in. You know, it's kind of a slow for the sports we do spend a lot of time talking about. There's really not a lot of news going on. So, I thought we would just. Check in on spring sports and see what what they have going on this week or had going on this week. Anything of note that really piqued your interest? Um, but I I will go on and say like the one thing that's always it shouldn't be but impresses me is like Baylor is just successful across the board pretty much. Like football, well documented, basketball, men's and women's championship level but then you know you kind of don't get a lot these other sports what they call like the olympic sports so to speak they don't get the the publicity maybe that other sports do but Baylor's just as successful there as they are the money makers it was it the the women's golf team just recently uh yeah uh, they won the NCAA regional from Stillwater right they happened that was this week they were the number one team and then three of them finished, three of the players finished uh, tied for second in the individual. So, yeah, but overall, they were solid. Can't, yeah. can't complain about that. No, that was, and that was early in the week. So, that's how we started off the week by, um, by that championship or the championship level. Then the girls, I shouldn't say girls, the Baylor softball team. Um, it was the first round of the Big 12 championship. They lost, unfortunately, to Iowa State 2-1. to one. So that was a bummer. But they are, they're looking ahead to the postseason. They're hopefully going to get um, selected. And they're having the NCAA softball selection show this Sunday on ESPN2. So they'll get to find out if they're going to the postseason and where they're going to be slotted um, in the, I guess it's the regionals. Yeah, yeah, it'll be the the the, the early rounds. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, and then today we had the track and field outdoor championship start in Lubbock. That's going on right now. As is Baylor is playing Kansas State in baseball. That's at the that one may be wrapping up. Yep, Baylor beat Kansas State four to two. That game just went final. So, go ahead into tomorrow's game. 
against Kansas State, trying to get a get some much needed wins. Have Have you been paying attention to baseball at all? I know you're. I've heard fan. that they they are not. Uh, I I'm not a huge college baseball fan. In general. Okay. Um, uh, I'm MLB a, fan. You're an MLB. Yeah, I'm a major MLB fan, but I don't. I don't. I just. I just don't get involved very much in any level of baseball below that. Um. So. Well, it hasn't been great. But I have heard that this is not not necessarily the the best baseball team that we've had in recent years. Yeah. No. That's there. There's always you want to kind of put on your green and gold colored glasses, and you're always like, "There's hope." All they got to do is win X amount of games to to make the postseason. All they got to do is this, that, or the other. But the further along, especially now, further along it gets down the line, you're like, it's not looking great. Yeah, you know, it's, you're allowed to have down years. Look at our football team. Yeah, the problem with baseball, I think, has been a couple of down years consecutively. So I, I, I don't call for coaching changes. Um, I, it's not looking great though. Well, I mean, maybe the problem is is that our football team is stealing baseball players like quarterbacks. Could be. That could be. Is Shapen going to play baseball still? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Because, I mean, I would say he pro- he might have if he was like third-string quarterback. Yeah. But he, he didn't play last year because he was competing for – I mean, he's one of the ones that was competing for the, the QB1 last year. Right, and, and then because once Zeno, him, when Zeno transferred, Zeno transferred because of Blake Saban. So, because yeah. at the end of spring, uh, Saban was number two, right? And like, you're not going to go play softball when you're one play away from, as we saw, being in the game, right? Yeah. So, I think his baseball days are for now probably over. For now, for now. See how things work out, but for now, yeah, I think he's a football player. Um, and the final thing going on, we have the Baylor men's tennis team is in the NCAA regionals, I believe, super regionals, maybe. And they are conference champions again, correct? Yes, they did win the conference once again. Oh, and before we go and talk about tennis, did we talk about the um, acrobatics and tumbling last week? We did not talk about that. Okay, seven-time national champions. In a row. Yeah, so uh, take that, Alabama. Seven times in a row, acrobatics and tumbling national champions. I think we should really, and I know this is coming from me, who is a Baylor fan, whose team or whose school just won seven straight national championships, but they should really make that an NCAA sport. Yeah, they're fighting for it. I yeah. mean, it, I right now there's a lot of there's not a lot of the NCATA. Yeah, um, the National Collegiate Ac- uh, Acrobatics and Tumbling Association is what I believe that stands for. But um, okay. yeah, I mean, I know there's been talk, uh, and I think it's on like the list of consideration sports um, for the for the NCAA. I remember reading something like that. I think last year. There's so we'll see. It may become an NCAA there. sport soon. Um, but hey, I don't care what governing body watches it. There's a lot of schools that are involved. And before we were there, I think Oregon had won six straight national titles. Yeah, they um, like stole uh not stole, we hired their um their coach, correct? I believe so, yes. 
So that was a good move on Baylor's part. So yeah, seven straight national titles. Okay, so on to the tens. Currently, Baylor is number three, and they're playing on number eight. Or they have matches against number eighteen Stanford. Stanford's up two one right now. Um, there's only two matches have completed. Uh, Baylor's uh, Adrian Boyton won six one six two, and then Stanford's Thomas Kopinski won six three six one, I believe. Yeah. Have you ever watched college tennis? Uh, I watched. Was it last year? When was Baylor like in like the national championship? Yeah, it was last year. year when they played. I Florida watched last year. We, we were the national runners up to Florida. Yeah, I watched that, but it was like hard to find. It was on the tennis channel. Yeah, as, yeah, and I don't. I don't think I have that. I was. It was I was somehow. I, I streamed like it stream on Twitch. It. Somehow I found a stream and I was watching it. You, you might have been watching. I think you watched mine hmm. because I I, uh, I streamed it for for people for Baylor Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking. I remember I was like laying. I may have been laying in bed one night. I was watching tennis, college tennis, and I was like, "It's exciting because there's like three matches at the same time going." Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm a big tennis fan. I grew up. The school high school I went to was like a big tennis school. And so, and my best friend was like a very good player. And so I watched a lot of tennis. Uh, I was into it. So I like watching tennis. I just don't make it a point to at this point in my life. It's one of those sports where I don't ever seek it out, but there have been a number of times in my life where like I've just been hanging out and that's what's on. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll watch this. Yeah, for sure. I pay attention to it. I still try to keep up with. Like, you know, the big tournaments and all that. But it's not like, oh, it's, you know, I'm going to make a point to, like, turn on USA and watch the U.S. Open at 9 o'clock at night or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's not uh, scheduled viewing. Yeah, for sure. Um, As far as Baylor goes, that that that's what's up to current what's going on. Um, later on, this... This weekend, of course, baseball continues. Tomorrow, they have game two with Kansas State. The game's at 4 p.m. on ESPN+. The outdoor championships continue for track and field. And then on Sunday, those continue. And then you have the final game with Kansas State at 1 p.m., also on ESPN+. And that's that's about what we got going on this week for spring sports. Any Any other major Baylor news? Um, well, we did have a quarterback transfer, Mr. We did uh, indeed. Gary Bohannon. He picked a school and it wasn't Missouri or OU. Did you see that on Twitter? I didn't. No, so, was there a, was there an Oklahoma rumor? Well, it was Oklahoma rumor and it's mostly Oklahoma people talking ah. about how he would go there to be a backup. But then that doesn't—that's not logical. Considering why would you transfer to be a backup? You could just stay at the school you're at that you've been at for what five years, four or five years, hmm. and then you know. So that didn't make sense. It was more like Oklahoma fans. I don't know. Yeah, I don't see him going, and I, I don't—I never saw him as a inter or intra conference transfer threat. Yeah, and it 
this led me to I think Gary was more like he wanted to go somewhere where he was, you know, pretty much guaranteed like you're going to be our starting quarterback. You right. come here, you can be our starting quarterback. Now, I don't know if that was Missouri either. Especially SEC, you're probably going to compete for a job in the fall. Well, I had heard they were looking for one, but I have, I don't, I well, honestly, I don't think they have that. like a solid, like he's our starter. I mean, I'm sure they are looking for like competition or that room to be more competitive. And Gary would have been great for that, but there's no guarantee that he would have won that job. I, I mean, I guess is what they told him. I don't know. But he ends up choosing um, South Florida. And I'm, I'm very much assuming that he's going to be the starter and they want to fall count. Yeah, well. And I really I don't mean, know enough about their situation. They weren't very good last year. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know much. I thought. I, I honestly. I thought South Florida. I, I. I thought it was in Miami when I heard it, but then I found out it's actually in Tampa. It's in Tampa. <laughs> it's one of those like, which I. I guess that's South Florida. I mean, not really South Florida. Yeah, it's it's central. Well, not. I mean, you have UCF is Central Florida and Orlando. Yeah, I mean, that's also, I mean, at least South Florida is, I guess, on the water, or Orlando's interior. I mean, it's more, it's further south than than Orlando, so I guess it is South Florida. But normally, like you said, when people say South Florida, I'm thinking, like, Miami. Miami, yeah, 100%. But But it's not. It's not. It's still nice. Tampa's nice. There's beaches. It's, there's no cold weather. There are there are absolutely worse places you could transfer to than Tampa. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I would I, I legitimately did believe that Gary would end up um at a power five school though. It did surprise me that he's he's he didn't land somewhere in the power five. Yeah, that um shocked me as well. I was I'm for me, I was like, it's definitely going to be. I thought it was going to be at Missouri, just because it's it's not too far from where he's from. It made the most sense, and we heard a rumor about it before he officially entered like the transfer portal, and then or before he like it was like right after he hit the transfer portal, we heard the rumor, and then about a week later, there was the news that he was visiting Missouri, and it was like, okay, yeah, it's all coming together. So like. So, I thought if he did go group of five, it, it would uh, Memphis made some sense because Earl Arkansas is like right like that's like Memphis. Area. Yeah, it's right there on the border. So like, the, everyone's a Memphis fan. So I figured that'd be it's close to home, play football. It's a high group of five. That'd be a, a spot that maybe he would land. I don't know. So USF head coach is Jeff Scott, and he was a former Clemson coach. Uh, he was a coordinator at Clemson, hmm. so it's a should be an interesting offense for him to be in. Yeah, absolutely. But um, don't have much more to add about that other than good luck. I always have a fond spot in my heart for uh, Mr. Buchanan. Absolutely, and he'll be sharing a stadium with Tom Brady. So there's worse things than that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of group of five teams and there's some coming to the big 12 and the NCAA this week, they 
made a ruling, changed some rules where they you don't have to have divisions to have a conference championship game. And that kind of there's reporting done by people over at the athletic that cover the Big Twelve that you know the the Big Twelve athletic directors um, decision makers were kind of waiting on this decision before they made any decision of their own regarding the makeup of the new Big Twelve. Yeah, and that only makes sense. I mean, wait until yeah. you know what the rules are before you start designing what you're going to do. So, I mean, my I'm leaning towards we're probably not going to have divisions when it's all said and done. It's an interesting concept. I don't know. Well, not only that, but ACC kind of came out and they said like they're looking at not uh, getting rid of divisions. um, I think there's been even reporting that the Big Ten is going to get rid of divisions relatively soon. And it's kind of like the schedule model or the makeup of conferences are kind of going this way of if we don't have to have divisions for a conference championship game, why don't we just make it so we have actually have the two best teams, kind of what Rick Toll's been doing for a decade or so to have the two best teams actually play each other in the, in the championship game. Yeah. It makes all the sense in the world. Um, I love true round robins, but uh, it's hard know, to do that with yeah, it's, 14, it's, 16 teams. Right. Or it's so, impossible. <laughs> I, you know, I hope maybe divisionless maybe would allow us to keep that in basketball. I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I think we're going to, I think it w- it would be surprising to me if we didn't have some form of guaranteed style games at the very least, like protected th- rivalries. Yeah, I think um, our friends over at the, the 1012 Network and their podcast, they've kind of been banging this drum for a while about protected rivalries. So every, basically the way their, way they talked about it, what they said is you have like three teams that you're like kind of you're you're going to play every year regardless and then you kind of so that's a pod your, at that point yeah basically you're a pod only instead of calling it that you have this like you said like protected rivalry and so you kind of just rotate through the rest of the other yeah teams. you would play two pods a year yeah like your pod and i guess well now hold on what's six right no well, it's six other games a year because you would have you. So yeah, you'd play two other pods, and then rotate through the other pods. Yeah, because you're going to play your three non-con, your three protected, then two other, and then you'll rotate through the the last pod. You change out teams, but that's right. for smarter people than me to figure out. I mean, at the end of the day, it protects people from having or conferences from having like the old big 12 South, big 12 North or uh, the West and the East and the big 10 yeah, as it is right now. Or I mean, just the, or in the ACC. <laughs> it's just ridiculous where they have coastal Atlantic coastal and Atlantic. And I, I'm probably going to get this mixed up, but I believe coastal is the Southern, which would be like Florida state Clemson who have dominated that conference, even though Florida state's been very bad very recently um prior to that they were good for a very long time and then yeah. clemson has been one of the most dominant forces in, in college football and the other one like didn't have a different championship like every year yeah yeah like, i mean the other side you're talking about like i UNC. i'm pretty sure it's like wake forest and yeah. <laughs> you, like unc got... wake forest virginia virginia tech boston college 
Duke, all those schools. Right. It's Syracuse. very, very mismatched there. And then, but yeah, so in my mind, when I think protected rivals for Baylor, looking from a, from a Baylor perspective, I would think you would have TCU, Texas Tech, and in my mind, BYU. Everybody's on the BYU train. Um, I, just, I think it's just because of the affiliation of the schools. Yeah, I mean, I get that. It's like the religious school versus the religious school. I, I look at it also from like a standpoint of BYU probably has the largest fan base of any of the, the schools that are coming in. I mean, even though um, UCF is, I think, now the second largest school in the country and is producing graduates like crazy, they, they haven't been around as long as BYU at this level. Yeah. And BYU has a global following. So I think it would be it would be an interesting group to have as your guaranteed rival to like build a a rapport with that fan base. But I also like there's something about me that wants to stick like that thinks what I would call like the founding members of the Big 12 that are left like sticking together. So like I would almost say like as cool as it would be to have that guaranteed rivalry with BYU, I'd almost pick Oklahoma State where it's um Texas Tech, TCU, and Oklahoma State. So the three Southern founding members that are around in the Big 12 are are sticking together and continuing to play. Yeah, and I understand that. Um, I've, I've you know heard that argument with you know is having the Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma State. I just think it'd be cool. I don't know. I go back and forth because I, I, I wouldn't be upset. Like yeah, you know like. I'm just excited to see something new and the changes that are going to happen. And I don't think there is an outcome that would really truly upset me unless there was a situation where we weren't going to play TCU every year. Like that's the only thing I care about. Like just let us play TCU every year. Yeah. And I think what you'd probably do is keep, if you're going to do that with Baylor and BYU, you'd probably do the same with TCU. So TCU would have, Tech, Baylor, BYU, just to keep the quote-unquote like religious schools grouped together, just for narrative purposes. <laughs> With Texas Tech thrown in the middle there, yeah, just because of Texas. But <laughs> Texas Tech can have like Oklahoma State and uh, can have Oklahoma State, and then Baylor and TCU. It will be interesting if they group three of the Texas schools together without U of H. So I don't care about playing U of H. This is my personal opinion. Yeah, Nobody cares about playing U of H. I mean, I'm sure there's some old. Um, no, SWC there's not. There, that, there is not. <laughs> I mean, I just didn't grow up really watching football in that era. So I don't really have strong feelings about Southwest conference rivalries. So. We didn't well, really and play. U of H was U of H was in the Big Twelve, or sorry, in the Southwest Conference. Yeah, for a shorter period of time than the current Big Twelve has existed. Baylor really hasn't played them after that. I mean, we we played SMU. We played even when TCU wasn't in the right. Big Twelve. We played TCU. Yeah, we played TCU in two thousand six. That was the first we, time we played them after the Southwest Conference. We've almost went. played every other Southwest Conference school. We were scheduled Except to play Houston. Well, true. But then COVID happened. Yeah. So, 
yeah, it's we actually I think I think we had a home and home with Houston, but then the COVID thing happened and and we stopped playing nice with each other. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I don't really like Houston Houston Baylor like there's just no connection there. I just mean in general that like <laughs> you have you're gonna have four Texas schools now and it really feels like three of them because we have the history that we have and because we are currently in the same conference that there's like care between some of the, like I've seen Texas tech folks talk about, they want to keep playing Baylor and I've seen TCU folks talk about how they want to keep playing Baylor. And we've talked about how we want to keep playing tech. We want to keep playing TCU. You know, some people want Oklahoma state. I know a lot of people want BYU, but tech and TCU are pretty strong there, but no, none I've never seen. I don't see any of those three Texas schools that are currently in the big 12, any of them caring about playing Houston that much. Um, though I will say um, some tech fans do do find the concept of playing them every year intriguing and do think that U of H may develop into a rival for them. So we'll see. Yeah, I know. And I guess I understand the logic behind keeping the Texas schools together, but I don't, that doesn't, it's not really doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, it's it. I don't see how you can do that and make uh, make things work with BYU because you kind of you need to get some some places that are west. So I guess I mean I guess you could group them with Kansas and Iowa. Yeah, I mean you have to because the, I mean everyone else is further further and further away from them. You know. So like just like you got a group to I would think you'd group the eastern schools like West Virginia, Cincinnati, UCF. Yeah. And one other school maybe. The closest other school maybe for their like that way. Yeah, because I mean they're closest to I mean they're probably closest to Cincinnati, the Kansas. The Kansas schools yeah. and Texas Tech. Like I think Lubbock is probably the closest to BYU. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then it would be the Kansas schools, TCU, us, and Oklahoma State would be the next closest. So yeah, it's really the schools in the middle that are not non-Texas schools in the middle. So you have like Oklahoma State, the Kansas schools, Iowa State, which are more well. Iowa West. State's pretty far away. So I guess you would put they would you would group them with the Eastern schools if you're going to make a pot out of those group of schools. So you have like UCF, West Virginia, Cincinnati, Iowa State. But I mean, someone's going to have to, one of those is going to have to travel just because it's going to hard to have, you don't have enough schools in that area. Yeah, I almost think you put Houston with UCF, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. So then that would be three, eight, that would be three new schools together yeah. with West Virginia. So I don't think they'll do that. They'll spread that no. out more. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But also, you got to think if it comes to fruition, if Texas and Oklahoma really do stay, that first, let's say, because they all plan to come next year, next season, like 23. Yeah, if Texas and Oklahoma State, it'll be very interested to see what happens. So how are you going to group them? Well, if you don't have um, divisions, then you can, it doesn't matter about them playing each other or where they're located because you should have the two best teams in the championship game, like it is now. Yeah, for sure. The thing is, is that you're going to, without, 
in in that sense, you're going to have teams that play still will have an easier path. To say the least, yeah. like there's no guarantees unless you have everybody play everybody because it, it works great in the Big 12 right now because everybody plays the exact same schedule. Yeah. When you get to a point where you can't play everybody, there's inevitably going to be the argument of like, well, yeah, but of course they of course they're there. They didn't have to play Oklahoma State and Houston this year. And those are the two best teams like those arguments are going to come about and you're going to see it in any conference that does it. You know, if if somebody makes it to the conference championship game in the Big Ten and they didn't have to play Ohio State, like everybody's going to talk about that. Speaking of um, the SEC, we talked about Texas and Oklahoma. Um, did you get a chance to get your three bold predictions for the Southeastern Conference? I do. I have some very big and bold predictions for the Southeast Conference, which is, I believe, the final conference in our little our little run here. Yeah, it is. And I guess we'll have, we we'll do some Big Twelve bold predictions. Yeah, week. we'll do. We'll we'll figure something out. We're going to do a little bit more deeper dive in the Big 12. But, um, so I'm going to let you just, just kick it off. What is your first bold prediction for the SEC? All right. My first one is Texas A&M is going to win at least 10 games this year and still not make their conference championship game. They're going to win at least 10. They might win 11. But they still won't. They still won't even have a chance to win the conference. Interesting. Texas A&M is such a weird school. I think they're going to have an excellent season, and they're going to be. It's going to be like their redemption tour, or whatever. And they're going to lose to Bama, and Bama's going to go undefeated. And so, like, even if A&M's eleven and one. They still won't be able to go to the conference championship game because Bama will have been twelve and zero. So, just looking at their schedule, yeah. So they start off with Sam Houston, um, then App State, then Miami. All of these are in College Station. Yep, not a murderer's the, row. Then they, their fourth game, also in College Station, is Arkansas. Comes to College Station, so you're talking about. Your first four games are home. And then you get Mississippi State on the road and Alabama on the road, South Carolina on the road. Ole Miss at home, Florida at home. On the road to Auburn. Then UMass at College Station mm-hmm. before you finish with LSU and College Station. So, I mean, they have – so, I mean, they should start off even if they lose to Bama and Florida, let's say they drop the Florida game, mm-hmm. that's ten and two. Like I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like they're going to win at least ten games in the regular season, but there's that's still not going to be good enough to get them to the SEC championship game. Like A and M is going to be very, very good this year. I do. I think they go eleven and one, but that one is Alabama, and Alabama will be twelve and zero. So that's that's my bold prediction number one. All right, my bold prediction, and this is a semi-homer pick, but I think uh, LSU will bounce back and win 10 games this year. Ooh. First year, Brian Kelly. 
That's a uh, that's a spicy take. All yeah, right. maybe it's me. Like I'm drinking out of that purple and gold Kool Aid since I'm close to in games. Um. So yeah, let me take a look at their schedule. I just want to see what we're looking at. All right, so start. Well, let's start off with Florida State. Then they get Southern and Mississippi State. All these are in Baton Rouge, New, followed by New Mexico. And then they go on the road to Auburn, Tennessee at home, on the road to Florida, Mississippi, Ole Miss at home, Alabama at home, on the road to Arkansas, UAB and Baton Rouge, and they go to College Station. So 10 games. There's some upsets going on. Because I think you well, probably start, I, mean, I, think you I tell you what, I will State. give you I'll give you a little bit of hope with my second bold prediction. Okay. My second one is both Ole Miss and Arkansas are going to plummet back to earth. So there's that's two wins in the West for you right there. Did I lose you again? No, I got my hair. I'm just thinking. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. I. So you think Ole Miss, Ole Miss and Arkansas? Yeah, Ole Miss and Arkansas take a massive step back. I can see that. My second bold prediction is that Georgia will not make the Well, what you we left off with was that I thought that Georgia was not going to win the SEC East. And that was my second bold prediction. Joe's final was the same. That Georgia was, Georgia was going to take a step back. And my final SEC bold prediction was that Florida was going to win the SEC East. And... Like I said in the beginning, we had a conversation following that about um, some Star Wars content. We'll get into that more next week. Um, As always, thank y'all for listening and sick of bears. Sports Social Podcast Network.